0: Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this
1: is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. the Kings Gotham, and you are listening to Geekvice Live. And here we go. All right. Um. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to a, another awesome episode of Geek Vibes Live Review for this evening's review special. I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me the amazing Kelly. How are you today, Kelly?
0: Hi, I'm doing well, Tia. Nice to connect again.
1: Exactly, yes. <laughs> you look so, um, like well like made up and everything and me i was like i just rolled out of bed
0: (laughs) i I feel like so i just got this shirt and i feel like i don't have any occasion to wear it to because you know no one's really doing anything so i was like "Hmm, my boat party shirt is coming out
1: (laughs) (laughs) no i i bet you when we post this episode my mom sees it she'll be like kelly got her makeup done, why couldn't you get yours done today, Tia? And I'm like, ah, whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're beautiful the way you are.
1: Thank you. But, um, uh, <laughs> we actually are doing a review for the new unsolved mysteries season that is on Netflix. And Kelly and I decided that it'd be pretty cool to kind of go episode by episode and talk about the pretty much, um, the resurrection of unsolved mysteries and it's funny kelly because when i first saw the season the title was to me i was like i feel like i've seen something like this and didn't realize that it was pretty much just now the resurrection of an old series that had been on for quite some time but i think now has been on for, like, the past 10 years or so. So did you ever watch the old episodes of Unsolved Mysteries? I did.
0: So it ran um, on a few different channels from about 1987 to 2010. So, yeah, about 20 years ago it stopped. Um, I think Netflix's decision to... Netflix in plural is just so weird. Netflix on. Um, I think Netflix um, recreating the show or resurrecting it, in your words, um, was a great idea. I mean, it fits perfectly into their ever-expanding slate of these true crime documentaries, which I think are really a crowd pleaser. One thing I really missed about the old version of the show was... Um, you know, Robert Stack having a host. Um, we see like a tip of that in the intro and a variation of a familiar theme song, um, you know, but the format of this show is very different. Before it was very much rooted in reenactments and now um, it's kind of led with interviews and they intersperse that with reenactments um, and even some, I guess, actual footage that they have. Um, I think they said from, like, police files and records and stuff like that. So um, it was really exciting for me. The only thing was I watched that show when I was a kid, and um, they had much many more episodes that were rooted in, like, the impossible and the unknown. Um, they had one episode this season that was dedicated to extraterrestrials, But they had way more of that back in the day, like Bigfoot, everything. And I just remember a lot of nightmares coming from the show. So even turning this on at 31, I was like, am I going to be able to sleep tonight? I don't know. But um, no, I was very excited about it. And um, I think Netflix did a good job. I think sometimes people love something so much. and There's such a culture around a classic show. And, you know, re- reviving it is hard for some people when the format's different. Um, it doesn't evoke the same type of feeling they had with the original, um, which was a little bit more dark and eerie, especially with the music. Um, but I really did enjoy this, and I, and I do, like I said before, think it fits in very well with um, the direction Netflix has gone with a lot of these true crime documentaries, so...
1: Yeah, and I think that a lot of programs that are coming back are coming back, say, on streaming services like Netflix, because it becomes more of an accessible thing. People don't always have cable nowadays, but they want to kind of relive that sort of nostalgia that they had when they were younger. And I think as far as, say, going in more of a murder mystery-type route that it seems season 15, which is what... This current season is season 15. Um, we, I feel like as a society, love Murder Mysteries. It's the reason why the ID channel is so huge. Um, those, And I really kind of have thought about it, like not to go on a tangent, but I had a moment where I love all this kind of stuff, uh, Murder Mysteries, ID channel. But then I sat there and I said to myself, we are eating up this sort of drama when in reality that was, say, the worst day or worst couple of days for people. And it is kind of strange that we as a society love that so much, but this is why something like Unsolved Mysteries even felt like it could come back is because we love these type of stories.
0: I did... Um... I did have mixed feelings about that, too, Tia, Um, but I tried to stay positive from the perspective of these families did choose to tell their story, not everyone that was a part of the picture, but, um, you know, the the main people involved. And I also think, as we've seen with um, Making a Murderer, Tiger King, um, things get reopened, new clues come to light, and I... I hope that these, you know, shows can bring maybe even a little bit more closure for the families if, you know, any type of new information surfaces. Uh, It's a little sad sometimes when you see these cases back from 2004, 2006, when we didn't have the same technology, and it kind of gets you thinking if something like this happened today, could it have been a completely different story? Would there have been closure? Would this have even happened? Um, you know, but, but I like that at the end of each episode, they, they give a little prompt that if anyone has knowledge, they can call in and share it, and hopefully maybe something good comes from it.
1: Well, if there is one episode that I really want to get solved, it is the episode that we're talking about, episode one. Um, So I'm just pulling it up on my phone right now. The first episode is called Mystery on the Rooftop, and just a brief description, the strange death of a 32-year-old writer and videographer Ray Rivera in Baltimore is explored. So, you know, you have this guy Ray and he's married to this woman Allison and at first they explore how they had this wonderful wedding in Puerto Rico and they were in love and they have a little background of the family how uh, his family had moved around a lot because uh, his father was in the Air Force and so Allison and Ray great relationship, they get married and then they decide to move to Baltimore because Ray gets a business opportunity there with an old childhood friend writing finance. Now, Ray isn't really into finance. He'd much more prefer to be in, say, TV or film writing, but takes it anyway. And originally, they're only supposed to be in Baltimore for 24 months. And then uh, Allison is on a business trip, right? And she goes to call her husband. He doesn't pick up. And a house guest at the time says that he ran out frantically at 630 at night By the time 5.30 in the morning comes the next day, he's still not home. There's this huge search for him. And after, I forget if it was so many days or something, but they find his body in the Hotel of the Belvedere in uh, Baltimore. And so then the mystery kind of stems from there. But uh, my question is, first of all, And I just wanted to say this off right off the bat because I found it a little suspicious that the episode kind of glossed over the fact that there was a house guest that they had and they never, say, revisited her or anything like that. I don't know if you found that suspicious, but I was at least sitting there saying to my boyfriend, why didn't they ever decide to ask her? It was very la-da-da about that.
0: Yeah, I did think that was suspicious. Um, I felt a little bit better about it knowing that the cops were able to at least track the call back to Ray's company, which I was not surprised by. So whether she made up that he ran out or not, the evidence pointed to that. Could she have staged it? Yes, but I think she was a colleague of the wife's, not Ray's, correct? So... If that's that I, true... I'm, that I'm not, I
1: don't remember. That I don't remember. I'm not, sorry. <laughs> if that's
0: true, then I, I don't see how she, you know, would be involved. But her account was a little weird. Um, I also found it strange that it wasn't until later in the episode that they talked about how someone tried to break into the house the night before. Yeah. Um, you know, I was talking about this with Alec. And I was saying if I had a business trip the next day and at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. my alarm went off and there was, like, factual evidence that someone was trying to break into my house, I wouldn't leave. Like, that's yeah. really scary. Um, so I thought that, that was a kind of a big deal, and they kind of just told it really quickly later in the episode.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really strange, too, that they then decided to put that in there. To me, I was like, that should have been something that was talked about right away, that was explored right away. And as you said, yeah, if someone had tried to break in the house, I wouldn't feel so comfortable to leave the house. Perhaps she thought because, you know, he's 6'5", and he was, you know, built, uh, you know, he was athletic, that maybe he could take care of himself, but... As we saw in the episode, there were so much mystery surrounding his actual death. So they found his body dead in the Belvedere, but it wasn't even so much that they found him dead. It was that there was clear evidence that he had to have fallen from the rooftop. And clearly it was enough of a distance for him to literally break through a metal roofing and to me that's just crazy to think about that he could go through metal um so obviously his body was mangled and all that and so at first the police say that it was a suicide not a murder and i think at this point it's still uh classified as a suicide but and we'll go deeper into it but just from the uh face value i mean did you buy at any point that this was a suicide.
0: No, I mean, even the medical exam, well, let's take a step back. Looking at the Belvedere Hotel and all the possible ways that Ray could have jumped into that entry point, none of them made logical sense. Like, even one of the detectives said with a running start, and then if we're talking about up on the parking garage across the street, that's only a 20-foot fall. Um, then we have the medical examiner who, uh, you know, said the cause of death was undetermined. That um, I guess some of the injuries and broken bones and lacerations that he had on his body um, weren't consistent with the crime scene and uh, you know the circumstances around which he um, was believed to be killed. Um, so. I just think that he discovered something, or he moved here with his friends uh, for some not so great purposes. I'm um, gonna leave it at that, and uh, he got mixed up in some bad things. I really do, and I and I mean the biggest thing that I had a problem wrapping my head around besides the cell phone and sunglasses are perfectly fine, Um, was that whole, like, they didn't say there was any, and and this is a a little graphic, and I apologize, but no torn skin, no blood, Um, I found that to be the most suspicious, I think. A, if someone's going through that hole, they aren't, like, jumping, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a straight body position. Like, there's no way. Um, and I just think that because the hole didn't show, have blood on it, it didn't have any, like, signs that someone drops through. Like, there should be flesh that had pulled there that's, con- you know, consistent with what they see on his body. Um and I really just think at the end of the day, he, he was placed there. Um,
1: um, yeah, I, guess I should have said just... at the beginning that uh, we would obviously be talking about some graphic stuff. So apologies. Uh, apologies spoiler alert. <laughs> warning. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, yeah, I was going to get in. Definitely into the glasses and the phone. Also say that I was really suspicious that just conveniently none of the security cameras work. You're the Belvedere. It's a huge hotel. Even the concierge or... Um, I think he was a concierge. Uh, yeah, you know, at, he had, at the time he was, yeah. For at like the time.
0: like years or something.
1: Right. He said it was a huge hotel. People came to it. It was ritzy. It was fancy. So why wouldn't they have any camera working at that time so that was suspicious to me and then um i didn't even think about what you just pointed out that of course he wouldn't be you know going straight down as if he's jumping into a pool or something it wouldn't be that straight of a cylinder sort of motion no blood around at all and again no way he's uh, Especially Listen, from the jumping points.
0: Like, if there was yeah. a jumping point straight above it, that's one thing, but there was nowhere that someone could have just, like, ran and jumped into a straight position. Yeah. It's just, like, <laughs> it's, in- it's unru- and improbable.
1: It's unrealistic, and I'm sorry, I know people like to joke and say that the Nokia phone is indestructible, but no way is he falling from that height, and a phone and a pair of glasses are completely intact with no scratches. It seems to me like someone went then and placed that stuff to make it seem just that in general was so so suspicious to me um I felt Especially so the bad
0: glasses. I mean if people want to argue the cell phone
1: go for it but
0: <laughs> I've worn glasses all my life and I can tell you that they break very easily even when they're not falling if I put them on my face wrong they break I mean, I just, like, from any height, can't see that there would be no scuff, scratch, anything. I mean, I'm not saying they necessarily had to break, but from the height he would have had to jump from, um, like, they're not going to be unscathed, you know?
1: Absolutely, 100%. And... You know, I felt so bad for the wife because she seemed like one of those people who clearly was maybe a little more reserved, um a little, you know, not so bubbly of a personality and it seemed like Ray kind of brought that out of her. So you could tell that she was trying to be so strong and then you have his brother and you know, you have his family who are sitting there and saying, "We know Ray." He wasn't on any sort of psycho psychotic sort of medication. He wasn't, you know, expressing any sort of depression or anything like that. You know, why would he do this? Um, And I talked to Paulie about it. He said, "Well, you know, people don't always kind of express that sort of thing." So it's like, yes, that is perfectly possible. and we and we've seen that even with celebrities but i just from watching it don't think that he committed suicide and i certainly don't think that he would have ran out of the house after a phone call to do it so uh, of course so we have to talk about that whole thing right he goes to baltimore to work for his friend who's in finances and that's another thing that they mentioned a little later on in the episode that i was like wait i need to hear more about this and apparently that first of all the guy lawyered up immediately afterwards. And I understand yeah, that... They
0: all their employees. Mm-hmm. Why?
1: Yeah. It made no sense. It's like, okay, maybe, you know, anything with the police, they say you should, say, get a lawyer or something. Okay, whatever. But to not cooperate or want to cooperate at all. I mean, this was not only your employee, but this was a friend. They moved to Baltimore specifically for you, so... I don't know, um, this may be tinfoil hat to think about, but I kind of think that they had something to do with it. What do you think?
0: I think it was a whole ruse. I think um, from his friend having him make the move and everything, I think, yes, he there was an opportunity at the company, but I think it stemmed much deeper than that. Um, To what degree, I don't know. Uh, You know, they had mentioned being a part of secret societies and organizations, and he may have been doing research for a book. But it's clear that the finance company is somehow involved because that's where the call came from. The person is obviously intellectual enough to know not to dial from an extension, to dial from a switchboard. Um, And one thing I wanted to point out earlier that you said They did have the cameras on in the Belvedere, just not on the roof. So they didn't have any footage of him going through the lobby. And even what's more than that is, you know, his brother tried to go just, you know, stroll in there. And it was basically impossible, he said. So, you know, Ray ran out of the house in, like, sandals, his sweatpants. He was working. Like, I just can't see him dashing into that hotel. They never caught it on camera unless someone messed with the feeds, which is completely possible. Um, and, I mean, no one claimed to see him. I mean, no one saw anything out of the ordinary. It just... If he fell through metal, people would have heard something, even if they yeah, didn't see yeah. something. It just doesn't really add up.
1: No, <laughs> not at all. And that's great that you pointed that out and i like that the brother decided to do that um i feel like in these instances that the family sometimes has to take their measures into their own hand because they could feel frustrated with the status of the investigation so yeah the brother who you know looked similar to his to Ray so obviously went in as a you know say Hispanic male you know trying to see what the reaction would be going into this fancy ritzy sort of hotel and he clearly couldn't do it so how did someone like Ray who as you said was in sandals who you know it was at nighttime so he clearly wasn't dressed up well or anything how did he go in and absolutely no one said anything like did they even bother interviewing anyone in the lobby? Was there anyone in the lobby at that point? I mean, how I did no one see him? they
0: tried to interview hotel guests uh, to what degree. They didn't make that clear. You know, can I just say something that I found funny? The one yeah. episode that happened in France, like, was perfect storytelling. I mean, they talked about him, like, being touching and affectionate, and and really delved into the marriage, and I felt like this episode was very cold, Um, and and I don't want to take away from the family, because this is is super tragic, and um, my heart goes out to his wife, Um, but I just feel like the way they told the story didn't really delve into the details. Now, I know there's not a lot, but You know, things like saying, we knocked on every door in the hotel. We talked to five lobby guests. Like, they didn't point out any of those things. They're like, yeah, we did this and this. And it was just kind of like poo-pooed. I think that, again, like the family and the wife was saying, just they wanted to rule it a suicide and leave it at that. And I think I said this to you earlier, uh, you know, conspiracy theory a little bit, but we don't know to what degree, uh, the type of people he was involved in, if they were um, of a very high prestige or caliber or had connections with the police. uh, A lot of things could have been moved, staged, you know, pushed over. Um, It's happened before. There is corruption, uh, you know, in the government and in our justice system. But, you know, it's just really a mystery. And I think that There's clearly more to it, just no one has ever cracked it.
1: Well, and it's funny, so I wanted to kind of compare the reactions, say, of the family here to the reactions then to the family in the episode afterwards. And I don't know if you remember the second episode, which we'll get into that more our next episode (laughs) of this review, but it was the one where the gentleman's mother went missing, uh, and she was a hair salon peep. Uh, person, right? So they're interviewing the son for that and he's crying obviously and then even the woman's husband who was I will say a, a bit of a prick, he was uh crying, you know, and that police department seemed very determined even to this day to find what really happened to her, right? They were saying, you know, this can't go unsolved, you know, the But in this episode, so the mother felt... And, you know, again, everyone grieves differently, but the mother seemed very stone cold. Obviously, the wife did cry a little. Um, I I did feel a lot from the brother who was saying how family things are different now, because even though you're happy, there's always that part of you that is wishing that he was there. But the police department didn't really seem uh determined it all to solve to them it was this is a suicide and to me the only official person who was really making any sort of conscious effort to try to say it wasn't a suicide was the uh the woman the i believe she was a journalist and that was about it
0: i know it, it was upsetting and that is in part why um you know my thoughts stemmed to This possibly being some kind of cover up or some way to sweep something under the rug, whether, you know, he got involved with the wrong people, he was at the wrong place at the wrong time, he was just used as a scapegoat. I mean, who knows, but it just seems like it was so quick to be ruled a suicide when so many things were not concrete. you know, especially his his possessions, the way he left the house, the fact that the medical examiner ruled it undetermined and said that he actually had injuries on his body not consistent with suicide. So uh, I just found that very strange. Well,
1: so I do want to talk about something that I feel was definitely swept under the rug and not spoken about as much as they should have spoken about was his note. So at first you you hear that there's a note, right? Um, and it's like, okay, it's a suicide note. But it wasn't really. It was, uh, you know, the wife says that it was all these movies that he liked and these actors that he liked. It's like, okay, I mean, we, we all like to write things down, write quotes from certain books, blah, blah, blah. He had the note, like, duct taped to the wall behind the desk. You're not going to do that if you're and then on top of that he has all these names of people that they know again why would he have that and then tape it to the wall you you would save it to your desktop or something um, and then on top of that, the fact that he was researching Freemasons and all of that, to me, that was such a bigger conspiracy that could have really went into the whole secret society, Illuminati, and it's like, again, that sounds all so tinfoil hat, but it deserved to have been talked about for way longer than it was, and it seemed like everyone just brushed that off.
0: Right, and... If he was truly trying to do some field work for a book, um, and at you as a writer and me as well, know that sometimes um, part of getting a story right is putting yourself in someone's shoes, doing exploration, investigation, whatever it might be, because you want to get the facts right. So for whatever reason, he was trying to contact people, infiltrate, whatever it might be, He could have just totally pushed the wrong buttons, came across the wrong people, but I still think it should have been looked further into. Uh, One thing I will say is that the FBI in the episode did say the note didn't have suicidal attempts, so they weren't trying to play it off like it was a suicide note. Um, What I thought was very strange as well is when the wife showed her printed out copy it was several pages right but the note on the wall he had shrunk down to like like this like a page and a little bit more and it so all those pages on one in tiny tiny little format that was rolled up and taped behind his desk now that to me is suspicious whether he did it for himself as collateral uh, you know, to remember things he saw or, uh, you know, to keep in mind things he wanted to write about, whatever it may be. I just don't see why he would feel the need to hide it. That was, that was very strange. And I, I really do think the message was a code that just nobody cracked. It could have been in a version, the whole thing. I don't know, but I just feel like he was trying to communicate something, and that was like a fail-safe that he put there for a purpose. And, you know, everything else, she showed how he took notes, um, and I understand people have different um, ways of securing notes. Can you hold, can you hold on a second? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you Yeah, know, it. We're trying to get better internet. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: I don't even know. Damn it. What was I saying? Alex? Well, what I was going to say is that um, everyone certainly has different processes, uh-huh. right? But I feel like that was purposely glossed over. Um, they just it, it was a code that no one bothered to decipher. It felt almost like they didn't want to decipher it. To me, where my head goes is as you said, he could have been doing a story, and ended up speaking to really dangerous people, and he had all these names of people that they knew, did the FBI or something even bother to look into um, all of those people, right. talk to every single one of them? To me, there was something so much bigger there, and they really just wanted it to be a surface level, either a suicide or, you know, someone killed him, but it There was so much... This is Unsolved Mysteries, right? And you said, even yourself, that, you know, back in the day, there used to be more of, like, these strange, paranormal type of things that they would go into, and they kind of do it for one episode in this. But it's like, this is what... The whole episode should have been tinfoil hat a bit. It should have been a little bit of that, because to me, it seemed like it wanted to go in that direction, no one wanted to really go in that direction. I wanted to go in that direction.
0: I think no one wanted it to go in that direction because, uh, you know, they were hiding something. And what I thought was even worse was when uh, the detective she was working with, I forget what he was looking into in the time, maybe you can fill us in, but they purposely... uh, took him off the case and, like, either promoted and put him in a different department. I I don't remember the details, but, you know, he obviously was uh, sniffing in the wrong area, let's say, and very clearly was removed for a reason. Um, He was getting close, maybe a little close to something, who knows.
1: Yeah, and I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. You're right. I found that so suspicious that the one detective who was sitting there saying, "Okay, we need to go a little further into this," and just as he's about to say, uh, "Go in a certain direction," then suddenly he's taken off a homicide and then given the street task force. How random is that? You know, it's like it. It could. It it might have. No. it might as well have been that oh he we went from homicide to writing people up red light you know uh, tickets and stuff <laughs> that's that's what it felt like to me.
0: I um, just, and he got a little too too close to something and um, I'm surprised the wife didn't throw you know more of a you know whatever the word is. As I'm surprised she didn't push harder. Um, And she may have, and we might have just not seen it. You know, the the producers chose to capture what they captured. Um, But she seemed very, um, very integrated into the case. She was very proactive. She made the phone calls she needed to. She pushed when she needed to. So this one aspect, just everything around it, even her reaction to it, just, I don't know. Maybe at that point it was like, Another sign that clearly something's wrong here and maybe I should protect myself because uh-huh. one of the things I was thinking by the end of the episode is if she starts digging too deeply into this herself, um, you never know what she's gonna uncover and God forbid, you know, someone tries to off her, or get rid of her or, you know, make prevent her from knowing the truth. You know, that would be terrible.
1: Yeah, and I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist with things, but for this I certainly feel that there's a bigger conspiracy to uncover that they were tiptoeing around, Um, which then kind of makes me think what really was then the point of, say, the episode? If it seemed like everyone, and even to the point of the producers, were afraid, kind of, to go in certain directions, why then was it featured? I, I don't know. To I, I had that thought debate. a little to
0: myself. Huh? <laughs> to spark this debate, uh, to get people talking, is, yeah. I think. Um, you know, I found it funny the way that they decided to lay out the clues, Um, as they, they, they didn't seem to be in chronological order, right? Like the, the, with the night before and the alarm. And I think the whole episode for the most part, oh, I'm sorry. Am I boring you over there? No,
1: (laughs) I need another cup of coffee. I'm sorry. I was trying so hard to keep it it in. It's
0: sometime and I haven't eaten yet. So I totally get you. Uh, Um, I think, and we're, we're, we're getting towards the end, um, I just, I feel like the whole episode, Ray was conveyed appropriately as a very cheerful, loving, all the pictures of him, like, touched my heart, he looked so joyous, their, their wedding looked beautiful, um, he just seemed like a very loving, very authentic um very real person and again i don't know him i don't know his family i don't know his circumstances but just from what i saw and i guess anyone could put on a smile in pictures but his just looked so genuine and happy yeah. um and then suddenly towards the end of the episode again with this weird unraveling or telling of the timeline you know the wife decides to say there was something totally off with him the day before, something was worrying him, when it was like, nothing was wrong, everything was positive, then it goes into, like, this whole other dimension that, no, not everything was right, something was clearly wrong with him, and when the alarm went off and the, you know, quote-unquote, almost break-in happened, he was, like, fearful for his life, like, he almost like he knew what was going on and the fact that that happened the day after it's just too uh everything is too connected uh with each other that it just the circumstances are aligning to say that there's something much bigger here than what was reported um but now like i'm starting to get paranoid talking about this <laughs> Well, you <laughs> uh, we are correct, and everything I said is wrong.
1: <laughs> it's so funny. Kelly did say to me, she was like, should we try to solve these <laughs> mysteries? And, uh, Kelly, I, I, I don't know about all that. I'm
0: uh, <laughs> well, not like that one. My point was, like, this would be a great series, and you could can weigh in this. I mean, right now we're going to do episode by episode of unsolved mysteries, but I thought it would be fascinating. Um, Tia comes from a journalism background; that's what she went to school for. I have always uh, loved that area. I just hate violence, gore, blood, guts, like. Uh, um, but I love uh, unraveling mysteries, and I think that's you know doing some research, finding some weird occurrences or things that don't line up or, or even just talking to people and hearing out their stories. Um, you know, to me that's fascinating and it's what I really liked about this season of unsolved mysteries, you know, take it for what you will. I know people have a lot of opinions and again, they're, they, a big part of it is comparing it to the past. Um, and sometimes you just need to digest and accept a piece of work for, um, the creativity that and and the approach that it took and you know this for me really fed uh, my love for for the true crime type of docu series so. I just, you know, it, it sparked my whole. I want to go investigate stuff <laughs>
1: with Tia, and then I was like, uh, maybe this isn't a good idea. <laughs> I don't feel like the Illuminati coming to my house and saying that, you know, come with us if you want to live, and then I just don't live at all. I, I don't mean, know, something not crazy. Hearing-
0: be there, because he's technically a part of the Illuminati.
1: Oh, that is true. So, you know, I may feel a little bit of a comfort (laughs) level there. (laughs) Unless he's like, your death means uh, ensuring the safety of the world, and that's what I'm all about, you know? So I'd be like, ah, shit, but... And
0: that, um, that kind of gave me, like, feelings of dark, which I know I need to write about at some point.
1: Um. <laughs> I was going to say, with Unsolved Mysteries, so I am happy of, I'll say this and then say, um, I had gotten the screeners for this show early, and for some reason, Netflix had it where they're only, like, English uh Uh, option was also an auto-descriptive option so it would be like someone would say something they'd be like they have a sad look on their face there's a painting on the wall and it kind of (laughs) took a little away from the actual story because they were
0: yeah it's distracting
1: yeah and that was the only option it was like english auto-descriptive french dub and i think like spanish dub and i think for some of them i ended up putting the french on because i was like i cannot take this auto description thing so i'm happy now that they have it on netflix that they took that away because that would have driven me absolutely crazy so i just wanted to point that out that i'm happy that i don't know why it was just the auto description that shit was terrible but um I wasn't trying to rub it in, Kelly. <laughs> uh,
0: sure, Tia. Tia, can we just let the world know right now, is literally the best human being I know, but she gets to see shows and movies all the time before everyone else, and she gets to interview really cool people, and, you know, the one time I try to reach out to somebody, you know he's not going to answer, but for I some reason, he everyone does. keeps <laughs> messaging me on Instagram which never happens and I keep opening my phone thinking this is it he answered and um, (laughs) nothing so I'm just gonna keep reaching out to people like someone's got a bite come on Let me get an interview. We can do it on email.
1: (laughs) That's how I do a lot of my interviews. I just reach out to them, and you just got to keep reaching out, which you know also goes to show our journalistic approaches and that we have that within us. So I think we would be really good in a documentary. I just wouldn't want to see the blood or the guts or anything, but I'll talk to the people. I know.
0: I would – That part is what gets me. There are a lot of professions when I was younger that I liked. Um, I really always wanted to be a veterinarian um, when I was younger. And then my mom was a nurse, so the medical fields was always an option. Um, And then I loved forensics. When I took forensics, I was like, this is amazing. And then I realized I cover my eyes for (laughs) every little tiny, like even a needle, And even when it's going into my own arm, I have to look away and, like, tell the person that I need them to hold my hand because I'm a baby. Um, So, (laughs) there's so many things I'm interested in. It's just that blood and gory part, I can't. It it gets
1: me, so. Well, I feel like I've always been into, like, abnormal psychology, but I would never want to go to the, like, the... 20 years of school that it would take to do anything in that profession.
0: Like, my best friend.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, she's,
0: just... like, you know what cracks me up? She's, like, got, like, half a million dollars in debt, but then she's, like, ah, oh, once I, like, you know, finish whatever she's in now, I don't know, if she's in her fellowship, if this is the next stage. I can't keep up. She's been in school for, like, 12 years. Uh She's like, oh, I'll make that back in two years, and I'm like, ah, oh, why didn't I do that?
1: <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. But if you didn't, if you didn't go the route that you actually went in, we wouldn't be here talking about. Um, I
0: love writing, and I love talking to people. So you're right. I, you know, things happen the way they do for a reason.
1: Exactly. But um,
0: you and Kelly are the future. So
1: yes. Guys, we're the future. You just don't know it yet. Um, (laughs) I
0: also like your nail polish color.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I won't go too much into this on air, but I will say that I don't know if I'm going to go back to this place, but I do like the color. I'll tell you more tomorrow when we're at the actual beach so yeah Uh, (laughs) but um, I think that we went through everything that we needed to for the first episode of Unsolved Mysteries I would like to say that I hope that the case for Ray gets reopened because he as you said seems like a very genuine person this is something I think needs to be solved because there are just way too many plot holes here if someone actually wrote this in a fictional movie we would be criticizing it to death I know Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, can but... come forward anonymously. Like, I mean, I feel like with today's technology, you can get away with that kind of stuff a lot more than maybe you used to be able to. Or you just don't want to write a note to the police in the same exact handwriting you write to the woman you just killed. Whatever that other documentary I was. Oh, I, yeah. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Uh, Yes, he like killed a bunch of people over his lifetime, but like they caught him because he wrote a letter to the police that there's a dead body at this address. Uh, he killed her, and it's in his handwriting. Um, I will say that the camera saying that he was guilty, but
1: <laughs> I will say that I think the best unsolved mystery in history is probably the Zodiac Killer. Because um, that racks my brain like nobody's business. That, yeah. like, if, if anyone's ever seen the movie Zodiac out there, I'm just like, really? uh But, um... What was I going to say? Totally forgot. But, yeah, so we will be back next week uh, to digest the second episode of Unsolved Mysteries and see if uh, that kind of doesn't have as many plot holes as this one did. (laughs) But before I let you go, Kelly, uh, please let everyone know where they can find you, what you have coming up for us, and all that good shit.
0: Sure. So um, for Geek Vibes Nation, if you just go to About Us, you can find me on that page. Um, or if you'd like to follow and chat with me on Twitter, I'm at kcantro, <laughs> and I never spell this out, but I feel like I should, cause people are probably like, I have no idea what that is. K K A N as in Nancy T R O. Um, definitely follow me. Definitely give a shout out. I love to chat with people. Love to hear your story. And, um, you know, if you have a good story and you want to be featured on one of our podcasts, reach out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Please make sure everyone you check that out. Of course you can go to our website which is geekfivesnation.com. It has all of our social media platforms on it, all of our articles, podcasts, movie reviews, opinion pieces, we're all there. You can find me um on Twitter and Instagram, TFAB, that's T I A. F as in Frank, A B as in Boy I, just in case that's easy, people want yeah. to. <laughs> um, you have no idea how many people mess that up I have gone into plenty of places to pick up food and I go picking up for Fabie and they'll go what and I'll see a thing that has like S-A-V-I and I'm like yeah that's probably mine there because you got it wrong so yeah I feel the need always to spell it out but yes everyone please make sure you check us out let us know what you thought of the first episode of Unsolved Mysteries and we will see you guys later
0: later